Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, I want to start out by saying you may hear birds chirping or some noises in the background, and that is because we live in our motorhome, so I don't have a nice podcast studio. You get to hear what I hear. Usually, I try to record these in the evening when things are a lot quieter, but because we've got some traveling days coming up and some busyness, I'm doing this during the day, so you get to hear what I hear. Today, our topic is something we all think about, but it's hard to talk about because it sounds so awful. But I think it's important for you to know how common this is. I'm talking about the fact that when our child dies, we feel like we want to die too. We just want to be done here. I've heard the phrase, I died too, they just forgot to bury me. I know that most moms, like I already said, just want to die and be done here on earth. For myself, I could not imagine living the rest of my life in so much pain. And I couldn't imagine continuing without my daughter. Our children are supposed to be part of our future, right? I begged God to just kill me. Let me die. Get me out of here. And it doesn't seem to matter if we have other children, if we have a loving husband or spouse, if we have a great job, anything that used to be something that we loved about our life, maybe parents we love who need us to take care of them. We are really good at telling ourselves that these people really don't need us and they'll do just fine without us. But that's not really true. The thing is, we cannot imagine going through the rest of our lives with so much intense pain and darkness, and we have a hard time believing that it won't always be this way. In other words, we've lost our hope, and when we don't have any hope, we lose our reason to live. Now, most of us, were not suicidal. We just don't want to be here anymore. But I will say that if your child died by suicide, Up to 30% of parents have their own suicidal thoughts. And if you're one of those parents who is thinking about, you've had these thoughts about ending your own life, please, please, please get help. I'm going to give you the Suicide Prevention Lifeline number. It's 800-273-8255. And I am telling you, life can be worth living again. I know some of you who are listening have faced absolutely devastating situations. But I do believe that in time, life will be worth living again. And the thing is, if you die... Who's going to keep the legacy and the memory of your child alive? You need to stay here so that you can do things to help people remember your child and know that your child lived and your child's life still matters. The death of a child is a trauma. Experts say it's a trauma. And many of us also have PTSD based on the circumstances of our child's death. And that even includes if you weren't there, but it was a tragic death because you play that over in your mind, you imagine things. So PTSD happens to a lot of us. It affects both our physical and our mental health. And for many of us, it affects our spiritual health. 
And if that's you, if you are dealing with the PTSD, you may need some counseling from that aspect of helping you get over that traumatic part, the PTSD of your child's death. There are also things, I don't know if you've heard about EMDR, it stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. I've heard it called uh, rapid eye therapy is a much easier way to say it. And what this is, it doesn't rely on talk therapy or medications. It's not anything like hypnosis. You're not giving yourself over to somebody like that. But it uses a patient's own rapid rhythmic eye movements that a trained person takes you through. And these eye movements, there's something about the connection with the brain that it lessens the power of emotionally charged memories or traumas that you have gone through. It reconnects you in a safe and measured way to the way your body, mentally, physically, emotionally, how you are handling, thinking about that traumatic event. It allows the natural healing powers of the brain to move toward not having those things happen when you think of this event. It kind of disconnects that so that it's not, it doesn't just paralyze you. So that's something you may want to look up. I looked up rapid eye therapy when I wanted to share that with you called EMDR. And there, hopefully uh, look that up, find out more about it. And you may want to look for someone in your area who can help you with that. When our child dies, we just want to be with them. It doesn't matter. We could have 15 other children. But when you lose one, it just, it feels so unacceptable to our brains. And we just want to go be with the one who's gone. Give a last hug. We just want to be with them. You're just immersed in the loss of that one. It makes the whole world look gray. Even when something happens that would normally make us laugh or something that we used to love to do or watch or be a part of, there's just no joy. There's We feel nothing. It's weird because we know in our minds that this should be making me happy, but we feel nothing. And we have so many fears that we didn't have before. Fears like no one's going to remember my child. We're afraid to enjoy life. We just feel so guilty. I, how can I enjoy my life when my child isn't here to enjoy their life? The fear of losing another child, that's one of my greatest fears that I fight. The fear of grief triggers. We don't know where we're going to be when something triggers us and we fall apart. We don't want to be in public when that happens, do we? The fear of losing our minds. I know for me, oh my goodness, I thought I had early Alzheimer's. I was so forgetful and I couldn't remember things and information would just leave my brain and I didn't even feel like I had anything to pull from. It, you just, you feel like you're literally going crazy. Another fear is that my child might not be in heaven. These are all fears that many of us have that we never used to have before. I actually have a podcast episode on each one of these fears that I just listed that I recorded with a very precious friend of mine, Pastor Lynn Breeden, who lost her five-year-old son to an aggressive cancer over 30 years ago. And Lynn has spent her life walking with other grieving parents, which is how I got to know her. And if you're interested, 
the series on fear that I recorded starts with episode 12. It's called Facing Our Fears After the Death of Our Child. And I'm going to put a link to that, and I'll put a link to each individual episode in the show notes. So if one of those or more you want to listen to, you'll be able to get to it very easily. I am going to read something to you that I wrote. And it's on our GPS Hope website. And if you're a regular listener, you've heard me read this a while back, but you may hear it differently this time, or you may hear something that you missed the first time. It's something I wrote to the newly bereaved parent, and it just seems to fit in this podcast episode. To the newly bereaved, we know there is just no way to put into words the swirling emotions, the suffocating darkness, and the crushing pain that comes from the recent loss of your child from this earth. Our guess is that people were so wonderfully supportive for the first few days and even a few weeks, but at some point everyone else's life has gone back to normal and you just want to scream at them because your life is still at a screeching halt. We get it. Those of us here at GPS Hope are on the same path that you now find yourself on, and we are so very glad that you have found us. If you have faced a deep loss before, Grieving the death of your child may seem so much worse, and you think you're going crazy. If you have never lost someone close before, you probably realize you have no grid for your grief, but you must be going crazy. Either way, you may have times where you find you are literally forgetting to breathe and have to remind yourself to take a breath. Your body is out of whack, your mind is full and empty at the same time. Your sleep is off, oftentimes you can't stop crying, and it might even seem like everything around you looks gray and colorless. You can forget things, even as simple as how to peel an orange, or find yourself panicking because you suddenly forgot how to get home from the store you have shopped at for 10 years. You don't know how you can go on living and probably don't want to, which makes no sense to your mind if you are happily married or have other children still here. You are barely in survival mode and don't think it is possible to get out of the darkness, much less to a place of wanting to live without your child, and impossible to have a life with purpose and meaning ever again. Let me assure you, all of this is normal. Once again, those of us here at GPS Hope get it because we've been there and we're so very glad you are here. People who have not faced the loss of a child may tell you that you need to move on, that you need to get past it, or that you need to find a way to have closure. These are all people who don't want to see you in so much pain and they mean well, but to say it bluntly, they don't know what they're talking about. Your child will always be part of you, so you won't be moving on. Only having the precious memories of your child instead of your child makes it impossible to get past it. Having your future taken away from you in the love and legacy of your child means there will be no closure. However, it is possible to have hope in the midst of your intense pain. It is possible to have light break through the darkness. It is possible to laugh and have joy in your life in a new way. It is possible to live a life of meaning and purpose again. Not only is it possible, but it is probable if you stay connected with bereaved parents who are living in that place, including those who are here at Grieving Parents Sharing Hope. You will find this as a safe place for all of your emotions, all of your questions, your anger, and everything else that comes with grieving the death of your child. We are not just here for you, but we are here to walk with you for as long as it takes for you to come out the other side with all of those things listed above that we ourselves have found. And this will not be in spite of the loss of your child, 
but in honor of the life of your child. It will probably take longer than you want it to. That's okay. You have had an amputation. A part of your very being has been cut off. Give yourself lots and lots of grace and allow yourself lots and lots of time, even if those around you don't. You can eventually learn to live with that piece of you missing, but there will be constant reminders and new situations causing you to stumble for the rest of your life. Some of us call them grief attacks. Sometimes you will be forced to give in to your limitations of grief. Sometimes you will learn how to work around it. And yes, there will be times you will be able to soar above it. There is no right or wrong way. It is whatever way works for you at that moment in time. But for now, just rest, knowing that you are surrounded by bereaved parents who have been right where you are, and that you have our hearts, our love, and our prayers. We also want you to know you must go through this. There is no way around it. There is no timetable. There are no grief stages you have to work your way through. Moving forward does not mean you are leaving your child behind. Anything under five years for the death of one's child is considered fresh grief. The death of one's child is considered a trauma, and what you are feeling and thinking is normal. You will survive, and you are not alone. We understand and will hold you up until you gain the needed healing and strength to move forward. In other words, until you know how to deal with the realization that your child is no longer here in a way that allows you to live again with hope and light and purpose. So if you liked that and it's something that you may want to have in front of you to remind yourself of some of these things, there is a printable download on our website if you would like a copy of it. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Now right now, I want to give you a couple of practical things to do to help you move in the right direction. First of all, drink water dehydration has a lot of effects on our bodies, on our minds, emotionally. We need water. You've probably heard this, but think about it. With all the crying we do, we need extra water, and it can make a big difference in how you feel. The other thing is to get out and take a walk, no matter how short that walk may be. Maybe it's just going down to the bottom of your driveway and walking back to the house. Maybe it's going around one block, but you need to get outside and you need to get some exercise in. Taking a walk will also make a big difference in how you feel. And I know a lot of times we don't feel like we have the energy to get up and take a walk, but just something short, make yourself do it. And I found, especially at the beginning, when I would make myself get up and it was like, okay, I'm just going to go around one block, that's it. And I would find myself getting to one of the corners and it's like, "Mm, maybe I'll do a second block. And I would cross the street and I would do two blocks or maybe five blocks. So you may find that once you get out, it's kind of like, now that I'm out here, this does feel pretty good. So do your best to get out and take at least a short walk as often as you can daily, if at all possible. Our physical well-being affects our emotional and our mental well-being. And so a lot of times the physical is really where we need to start. You may also want to go to your doctor for a checkup. 
I ended up having major issues with my adrenal glands, which caused thyroid issues. And this is very, very common, especially in women after the death of their child. We have been through a trauma and our body responds to that. Once I started getting treatment for that, it helped a lot. And I still take something every day for my thyroid through the doctor. Now here are a couple of things that you can do to help with the emotional or the, the mental side of things going beyond the physical. First of all, reach out and help someone. You have got to get to the point where there's a purpose in your life again. And even just helping one person with something, I mean, maybe they you're standing in the line at the store and they don't have a cart and they dropped something. You can offer to pick it up for them. I mean, it doesn't matter how small, but do things to help the people around you. I mean, when we help someone, it makes us feel good. And we need to do things that help make us feel good. And it may have something to do with your child. It could be something big or it could be something little. But ask God to bring people into your path that you can help. The other thing I want to suggest, and you've heard me say this a lot, is to get a journal. And every night before you go to bed, force yourself to write down three things you are thankful for. And I know, I know how hard that can be because I made myself do it. So this is, you know, I'm not asking you to do something I haven't done myself knowing that it helps and knowing that from other parents that it helps them as well. So I, I know, well, here, you, you, you woke up today, right? Be thankful for that. You're breathing. Be thankful for that. Well, we don't want to be breathing. We don't want to wake up. That's all what we're talking about in this podcast. I don't want to be here. So those are not things that we're thankful for. I know that. But maybe you could write down something like, this afternoon I took a shower and it felt good to let that warm water run over me while I cried. Maybe you looked outside and a squirrel was out in the yard and entertained you for a couple of minutes. You could be thankful for that. Maybe someone called you and you didn't answer the phone because you didn't feel like talking to anybody, but maybe they left a message just to say, hey, I'm thinking about you, praying for you, wondering how you're doing. Maybe you can be thankful for walking into a store and you noticed all those pretty baskets this time of year. They're selling flowers everywhere, right? And so maybe you noticed those pretty hanging baskets outside the front of the store. Be thankful for that. Write that down. And next time, put one of those pretty baskets in your cart and take it home with you, okay? <laughs> Promise me? Do that. So yes, there can be the smallest things that you can be thankful for and write down every day because as we begin to force ourselves to find things that we're thankful for, it will begin to stir something in us to realize that maybe I do have a reason to still be here. Maybe I do have purpose and meaning. And here's another thing. I want to encourage you to get past the identity of being a grieving parent. I know when Becca died, I would I would want to walk up to a stranger in a store and say, do you know why I look so sad? Because my child died. I mean, it, it was my identity. Meeting someone new. Hi, I'm Laura Deal, and my daughter died. It, it's just who we are. It becomes our identity. But we need to get past that. And instead of our identity being that my child died, you are still the parent of your child who lived. And you want their life to be remembered, not 
their death. Their death was a moment in time, but their life, even if they didn't have breath outside of your womb, they still lived. Your child lived. And that's what you want people to remember, that your child lived and their life was important and their life mattered to you and to this world. I recently got an email from a perever. When people sign up to receive emails from us, I always send out to the first one of the first emails that you will get is asking you what your greatest struggle is because I want to talk about those. I want to be able to address the issues that you are dealing with that are important to you. And so this was an answer I got from a perever who answered this email in reply. She said, the hardest struggle that I have is knowing that he isn't here anymore. The things that we used to do together every day are lost in some way because I won't be able to do that with him anymore. Also, the future, to not be able to picture him in my future on this earth is a struggle also. Seeing his stuff around the house and knowing that he won't wear or touch it again is a big struggle. I have a lot of struggles. Getting up in the morning and knowing that he's not here and that somehow, some way, I have to keep pushing forward. Everything, everything is a struggle. You probably feel like you could have been the one to write that email which is why I read it. It's so important for you to know that you are not alone in this. And it's so important for you to know that you won't always feel this way. It will get better, especially if you connect with others who have fought their way out of the darkness and circled back around to walk with those who find themselves in that horrible place that we were once in. And one of the reasons that I am here and I do this every week and all the things that I put out, the support and resources for grieving parents is because I want you to get there sooner than I did. You can and I pray that you will. I usually use this time to let you know about a resource we have for you here at GPS Hope, but I shared so many things with you today in this episode that I'm going to have links for in the show notes that I'm not going to add anything else. I just want to encourage you to go to the website gpshope.org and look around. You're going to find so many things there. There's a free library you can sign up to access with a lot of helpful downloads. There's a remembrance wall you can have your child added to. We'll put their picture on it and what you want people to know and remember about your child. You'll find a place. It's uh, 30 ways to help take care of yourself and bring yourself comfort. When you ask to have that sent to you, you will be put on our email list. I don't spam. I don't send out tons of stuff, but you'll get a weekly word of hope each Wednesday. And then on Friday, you'll get just a short weekend nugget to get you through the weekend. You'll find our store. I've written uh, seven books at this point. I'm working on a couple more right now. And if you order them through our store, I would be happy to sign them for you before I send them out. There's something called Pearls of Hope. We open oysters for pearls, and it tells you why we do that and all about that. You can put an in-loving memory heart on our Hope Mobile, on our house. Just all kinds of different things. You'll find out about our weekend retreats, the upcoming cruise in December. You can find out more about me and Dave and, and Becca, our daughter story. There are blogs there. Let me just say, 
The blogs are called Expressions of Hope, and I do my best to put them out twice a month. And the first week of the month is one that I write. And then partway through the month, I love to put out a blog that you have written, that that someone who's lost a child, if you have something to say that you want to share with other perievers, let me know because I would love to consider having you write something for our Expressions of Hope. There's a link to our YouTube channel. So I know I've just rattled off a lot of things here. Don't let yourself be overwhelmed. Just Go to the website and explore because I guarantee that you will find something helpful there for you. So enough of that. Let's get on to this week's birthdays. We have Adam Sharp, who was born on April 21st and is forever 19. Christopher Schofer was born on April 21st and is forever 25. Abigail Jane Little Abby was born on April 25th and is forever 18 months. We know how important it is to still celebrate the day that our children came into the world. And it is my honor to be able to celebrate with you, with these families, and to share your children with our listeners. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced, the week of his or her birthday on this podcast, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Just submit the information, and I would be honored to share your child with our listeners for their birthday. Like the parable Jesus told of leaving the 99 to go find the one, we want to be with our child, the one who is missing. Our heart yearns for that child. But we have to remember to tell ourselves that it isn't like they're lost in a thicket somewhere. They're hungry and scared. They're with Jesus, the good shepherd who's keeping them safe and in a place that's more wonderful than we can imagine. Yes, we miss them. But we do need to come to terms with the fact that we are still here with the 99. We know where that one is. If you're not sure, be sure to listen to that podcast episode that I shared with you so that you don't have to torment yourself with the fear of not knowing. And we want to be with our child right now, but if you were there with your child, there are so many good and wonderful things that you would miss out on with those who love you and want you and need you here with them. So... As we ask God to help us to learn how to do that and to learn to live in a place of fulfillment, yes, it can be done. Remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.